Well, hey guys, I'm so glad you are with us. Our online audience at The Bridge, we absolutely love you. And I want to say thank you for joining us each and every week. And hey, listen, if you miss a week or maybe you missed last week, don't forget, you can always find that at thebridge.me of what we talked about. But today we're talking about dumb things Christians say part dos. And um, I am quite sure that you have possibly said this, but I know you've heard it. The intro to Joel and Marshall actually helped with this, but here's the phrase I wanna talk about. Don't judge me. Now, if you have heard that said, would you just kind of give like a little thumbs up in the little chat area there? Uh, maybe you've actually heard it said, maybe someone has said it to you, or maybe you have actually said it to someone else. And, uh, you know, it's always true that whenever you say it to someone or someone says it to you, it always has a little attitude, doesn't it? Don't judge me, you know? So that's how you have to say it. And uh, let me kind of give you just a little background on uh, the preparation for uh, this, this, this talk that we're going to have today. Um, I was going in a completely different direction, and every time I would try to move in that direction, I just really felt like the Holy Spirit just stopping me, and I would get... I would, I would get a little frustrated or my thoughts wouldn't come together and it's like I was hitting a roadblock. And then so finally, because I can be hard-headed, don't judge me, <laughs> that I was like, okay, God, where do you wanna go with this? And I really am excited about where we're gonna go and I hope, I hope that God teaches us all something in our time today and uh, maybe we learn a few things about this topic of judging because I'm going to jump out there to say it's dumb for me to say to a friend of mine, don't judge me. That's dumb for me to say that because what I've learned in scripture and some scriptures that I want to share with you is, and here's the bottom line for today, judging is loving. Judging is loving. When it's done the way Jesus tells us to do it, when it's done in the context Jesus tells us to do it. And by the way, he does tell us to judge. That might be new information for you. Maybe you've never heard that before. Maybe you've heard the verse that I think is the most quoted verse by not just Christians, but by non-Christians who may not even believe the Bible, but if they ever feel like someone who says they're a Christian is judging them, they quote the words of Jesus. And here are the words of Jesus. You can see it on the screen from Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Jesus said, do not, do not judge, or you too will be judged. Well, there it is. I mean, let's close our Bibles, pack it up, and go home, right? I mean, Jesus said it, so do not judge. So, and this is how it's, this is how it's carried out in our culture, right? Don't judge me. You have no right to judge me. You're not Jesus. Um, don't judge me. This is my body. I can do whatever I want to with it. Uh, don't judge me. As long as I'm not hurting anybody, why do you even care, right? I mean, we've heard these phrases, and it seems to be backed up by exactly what Jesus said. But my question is, what did he really mean when he said that? What's the context of who he said it to? Are there, are there any indications by watching Jesus's life where he actually judged other people. And I would argue, yes, as a matter of fact, when you look at the life of Jesus, 
when you read about things that he actually said, there were so many times it seemed like he lived this contradictory life. And here's what I mean by that. He would walk up to religious leaders or they would walk up to him. They would say something to him, try to trick him. They'd ask him some question that he's going, okay, now that was dumb. That's a different series for a different time. And then he would just rail into these guys. Now these were the religious leaders, right? These were the ones who, the, the individuals who were the teachers of the day. These guys looked like at least they loved God and they were doing exactly what the law of Mo Moses taught. So Jesus would just rip into them. Let me give you just one example. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. I've had it with you, exclamation point. You're hopeless. You religious scholars, you Pharisees, frauds. Your lives are roadblocks to God's kingdom. And then in verse 33, snakes, cold-blooded snakes. <laughs> Do you think you can worm your way out of this and never have to pay the piper? Now, these are the words of Jesus to religious leaders. Now, watch. Here's where it seemed like he contradicted himself. Then he would turn around and look at a guy like Matthew. A, a chief tax collector, a, a, a Jewish man who was robbing Jewish people to pay the Romans. He's getting so rich off of everything he's taxing, his own people, and the money is going to Rome, and Rome is using the money to oppress, to rape, and to murder his own people. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, how about we go have a party at your house? <laughs> and then at the party, the people who were at the party, uh, well, let me just read it to you. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, keyword, many, not just one or two, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So you have Jesus railing against the religious leaders and he's having a party with, and you know there was a whole lot of boom, boom. I mean, the music, the party atmosphere was amazing at this house. And it's like, he's not saying any of that to them. So it's like, okay, Jesus, what gives? Why are you judging the religious leaders, but you're not judging the ones who obviously don't love God, who are far away from God. Uh, we know, we know that there are prostitutes involved in all of this at the party. Uh, I mean, so what gives? Why aren't you reversing that? So Jesus, what would you say to us? And that's where I want to go with this. When we look at what does Scripture say about judging, do we have a right to judge? Do we have a right to judge this group of people? Do we have a right to judge that group of people? Do we have a right to say anything at all? Or do we just need to tolerate everyone and accept everyone for where they are and show grace and mercy to absolutely everyone without ever saying anything? So I think we should say something because again, what I wanna argue is judging is loving. And again, that may be new to you. So I've got four things that as I read scripture, these guidelines, these rules, if you will, will help us know who to judge, when to judge, and how to judge. Now, I also wanna say this. 
this is just for believers. So if you're not a Christian, maybe you're like, I don't even know if I wanna become a Christian. Hey, you get a pass on this message, okay? You can check Twitter, go to Facebook right now, just kinda click over if you want to. This one is just for those who would say, I'm a Jesus follower. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I signed the dotted line to follow him the best way I know how. And I had a little fun with these, to be honest. And so hopefully they're kind of catchy and you can kind of remember some of them. But here's the very first thing that we can learn from Jesus and God's word. Here it is. Judge the believing, not the heathen. See, I told you, I'm just going to have a little bit of fun with it, if that's okay, because it's such a, a tough topic. Judge the believing, not the heathen. See, this is what we see in the life of Jesus. Now, we also find these words echoed from the Apostle Paul, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament. I mean, look, it's clear as can be. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, here's what Paul said. It is not for me to judge those outside the church. Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. Who am I to judge people who aren't Jesus' followers? Man, that, they, don't, they don't go to church. They don't, they don't claim to know Jesus. Um, they don't claim to believe what I believe. And Paul just goes, starts by going, whoa, 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 whoa. Who am I to get in their business and judge them? In other words, Paul says, I have no right to do that. I would never do that. But watch his next statement of what he says. It is not for me to judge those outside the church. You are to judge those who are inside the church. Judge the believing, not the heathen. Oh, Jesus, we had it wrong. We thought you were supposed to judge those who were far away from you and who were living in sin, caught in sin, loving sin every single day of their life. That's who we were supposed to judge. Jesus goes, no, 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 no. It's the other way around. Paul says the same thing. He says, you can't expect non-Christians to act like Christians. He says that's unfair. That's a judgment not reserved for you at all. You go, how do you know that? Because that's what he says in the very next part of the verse. Here's what he says. It is not for me to judge those outside the church. You are to judge those who are inside the church. God will judge those outside. Now, quiz, look at me just real fast. Who judges those outside the church? Just write it right there in the chat. When I give you some time, if you need to go back and look at the verse, you can again. Who did, who did Paul just say will judge those outside the church? You're all hitting a home run. God. Watch. <laughs> this is what hit me in my office as I was looking at this. So if I judge someone outside the church who's not a Christian, who am I pretending to be? See, that's where it kind of hits home for us, isn't it? Because isn't it easy to look at, I'm going to do some air quotes here, is that our sinners? And to start judging them on how they live, on what they do, on their lifestyle, on decisions they're making. And we go, that's so wrong. Paul says, hey, listen, they didn't sign the dotted line to follow Jesus. Let them be and let God speak into their heart. You speak to those who did sign the dotted line 
And just like in my family, there are rules in my family with my kids. I don't apply to anyone else's family. Why? They're not in my family. But for us who ascribe to Jesus is my leader, then together we can look at one another and go, how are you doing? Hey, listen, man, I saw you doing this and I, man, I'm, just, I'm telling you because I love you. I love you. I don't want you going down that road. So let's talk about this together. Judge the believing, not the heathen. That's why at the bridge, for anyone who is not signed on to follow Jesus, who maybe didn't grow up in church at all, maybe who grew up in church, went away for a long time, and now they don't even know where Jesus is in their life anymore. Our doors, our online is completely wide open to you. Welcome, 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 welcome. And here, you in particular, you will never find a finger pointed in your face, people picking up rocks, telling you how to live, telling you what to change. See, you can belong here without believing what we actually believe. You can belong with us without behaving like us. Where do you get that from? I get it from Jesus, and I get it from Paul, and I get it from this simple truth. Are you ready? Jesus changes people. We don't. <laughs> we don't. I don't know if anyone has ever been judged into Christianity. I just, I just don't think so. I think it might be why people don't come to Christianity is because they feel judged by those inside the church. And Jesus going, please, 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 turn it around, turn it around. And the reason Jesus judged those religious leaders so harshly is because he knew something else about them. And this leads us to our second point on when, how, and who to judge. Here's how I said it, <laughs> just hang with me. Remove the deck before the speck. <laughs> Remove the deck before the speck. The reason Jesus was so hard on these religious leaders is because they had so much sin in their life, yet they would quickly point out sin in other people's life. They would walk on the other side of the road from a, what they would say is a sinner or a tax collector. And Jesus joins those outside of the church, if I could use that lingo, and he was judging those who said they were inside the church. Why? Because there was so much hypocrisy. And Jesus looks at the heart. You see, here's the scripture on this point, if you've never read it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. You will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, hey, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't even see past a log in your own eye? Here's the word, you hypocrite. Watch, watch the process. First, get rid of the log in your eye. Then you can see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. He doesn't say don't judge the speck in your friend's eye. He just says, hey, look in the mirror first. 
And as actually when Jesus said this, this was the humor of the day. It's called exaggeration. So when Jesus said, hey, listen, who are you to judge your friend who has a speck in their eye? And he probably picked up like some big walking stick and said, when you've got this big log in your eye, and the whole crowd would have laughed and laughed. So put a laughing emoji in the chat room if you don't mind, just because this is so funny to that audience. They're laughing, they're laughing, and Jesus would go, so here's the deal. Usually, what you're pointing at and judging, which is so small in someone else's life, is usually what you struggle with the most anyway. What you judge someone over is usually, and behind closed doors, what you yourself know is a monstrosity of a log coming out of your own heart that you don't know how to get rid of. So yeah, Jesus, he doesn't say, don't help your brother and judge to let them know, hey, that's wrong in your life. Man, I can see it in your life. He says, whoa, 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 just stop and ask God first, hey, is there anything in my life? God, search my heart first before I go trying to help someone else with what they're struggling with. So judge the, the believing, not the heathen. Um, remove or get rid of, or man, take care of the deck before you start looking at the speck in someone else's eye. And then the third thing, judge what's right, not sight. Judge by what's right, not by your sight. If you've ever been judged, you hate it. You just hate it. Um, whether it was something you were wearing, whether it is your skin color, whether it's where you're from, whether it's what you have or maybe something you don't have. If you're a parent and your kids are freaking out in the grocery store and you can feel the judgment coming from other parents in the store, don't you hate it? No matter how or where it comes from, you just hate it. Now, here's what's happening. This is important. Here's what's happening. People are pre judging you. They're prejudging you, which means they're making a judgment about you and they don't even know you. That's pre-judging. Does that look familiar to any word that we have used, that we have heard, that we have seen in our culture? It's where the word prejudice comes from, pre-judging. I'm making, I'm making a decision about you, though I don't even know you. Here's what the Bible says. Don't do that. Don't do it. Now watch, watch. It's not saying don't judge. It's just saying don't pre-judge. Look, here's what it says. John chapter 7, verse 24. Stop judging by the way things look, but judge. You are to judge, but judge by what is really right. Judge by what's right, not by sight. You go, well, where's the right come in? Well, the right comes into God's word. Again, this is for Christians. This isn't for non-Christians. It's for Christians when I see them living a certain way that I look in scripture and I go, man, that's just not right. That's, that's not my word. That's the word we have both agreed to follow together. And so I have every right to help sharpen your life, to help make your life better, perhaps save you from going off road somehow, some way that I can look at and go, hey, here's what God has said for you and I to do with our lives, the path we are to walk in our life. And man, let's sit down together to talk about this. I don't want to judge you just by what I see. I want to judge you by what's right and what God has said is right. This takes the prejudge, the 
prejudice away and out of my heart to go, man, let me hear your story first. Let me, let me at least hear what it's like being in your shoes first, especially if you're a Christian. And then if you are, if you love Jesus and you want to love him more, well, man, this is what I'm seeing. So together, let's judge by what's right. And you do the same with me. Judge me, judge me. It says to judge me based on what's right, not by sight. Like, have you ever seen someone with a lot of money? They drive a really nice car. They have four or five cars. And isn't it easy? Come on, I think we've all done. Isn't it easy to go, God, that rich person, so rich. If I had that money, watch, come on. If I had that much money, I'd help so many people who are in need. Here's my question. How do you know they don't? How, how do you know how much they give to organizations who are helping the poor? Do you know how much they give to missions? Do you know how much they're giving to their local church who are partnering with ministries around the world? See, it's so easy, isn't it, to judge by sight and not by what's right. The last point, and I think, in my opinion, this is the most important point for us, and that's this. Seek restoration, not condemnation. See, when it comes to judging, why would I judge you? If you're a believer, if you're a friend, why would I judge you? Because I'm wanting to restore you. It's not because I'm mad at you. It's because I love you. It's not because I'm trying to condemn you. It's because I, I, I'm wanting to bring you back to where I believe, what you believe, where Jesus wants us to go together in this thing called life. So actually, what's the word for it? The word for it is called accountability. Now, we find this in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 spells this out for us, and I love this. Verse 1, dear brothers and sisters. So who is he talking to, insiders or outsiders? Go ahead and type in. Who's he talking to, insiders or outsiders? Christians or non-Christians, brothers and sisters. He's talking to insiders. Though who have said, I'm all in with Jesus. He's talking to family. That's who he's talking to. And here's what he says. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer, he even clarifies it even more. If another believer is overcome by sin. Now, it's not politically correct to say sin, but here's the deal. That's not for me to judge someone else on the outside. There's a message there to be had in the power of the gospel. But for those inside, we can call sin, sin. We can say, God made it clear this is wrong and it's sin. How should I respond to my brother or sister when they're doing that? And how and should I judge them? The verse says, here's how to do it. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin... You who are godly should gently and humbly restore that person back onto the right path. How do we do it? Gently. The same grace that rescued me from being on the wrong path is the same grace I give to someone else. The same mercy that was shown me by another believer when I was making decisions that I shouldn't have been making is the same mercy I show to someone else who's doing the exact same thing. Listen, if at any point, if at any point, 
you feel like you are judging someone who is inside the faith, a believer, and it's, there's this feeling like, aha, I got you. I'm just telling you, there is a problem with that. Jesus would have a problem with that. This feeling of, I'm a little better than you and I knew it. Um, I caught you, now what are we gonna do about it? If there's any sense of that, something's wrong. And we gotta go back to the, maybe there's a log in my heart and in my eye that God needs to take out. When do I judge a believer? I wrote it this way. When the sin of your friend breaks your heart, you're ready to talk. When the sin of your friend breaks your heart is when you're ready to talk. See, I love, I love that our stories are, we were going down the wrong path and Jesus brought us back onto the path called life and hope and mercy and grace. And we joined his family. And in his family, there are certain ways he wants us to live. And here's what he promised. The road that I have you on, it is for life, and it will give you life. So doesn't it make sense? I'm going to go back to what I started with. Doesn't it make sense then? I would watch your life. You would watch my life. And we would judge one another based on what God has said in his word so that we would have life. So that... I would know that you love me. Judging is loving in the context of what we've talked about. Judging is loving in the process of what we've talked about today. For you not to say something to me and watch me go down a road that I shouldn't be going down and for you to remain silent may say to me that you don't really love me, that you don't really care about me. So at the bridge, our heart for those outside of the faith, you are welcomed here. We love you. We hope you feel welcome. We hope you feel special, that you feel like you are important because we believe you actually are. For those inside of the bridge, the exact same thing except we go one step further. Watch. Let's help one another stay on the right path together. If it's sin, let's call it out in a personal, in, in, in a very heartfelt kind of way as we should with gentleness, not with condemnation, but with a heart of restoration. Because you never know whose marriage may be at stake. You never know whose job may be at stake, whose reputation may be at stake, whose kids might be at stake. So it's only loving to be judging in those matters. Because why? There is so much at stake. So. It wasn't going in a direction where I thought it should go this week, but wow, God's word is so clear and freeing when we understand exactly what it means. Don't judge me, but if you're in the family, I need you to judge me, to watch me, to stay alert with me, because you and I both know the enemy is, our, is the devil like a roaring lion wanting to devour someone. And if I start going in his direction, I need you to call me out to restore my life back to the right path. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that your word speaks life to us. 
And on this topic of judging one another, it's really about loving one another. We see it clearly. We see how you interacted with those who didn't know you. We see how you interacted with those who said they did know the Father, but their life and their heart was so far away from Him. Let us take our cues from you, and then let us learn how to apply, as Paul said, how to confront with gentleness, with humility, in love, wanting to restore and never to condemn. God, you are a good God, and I am grateful for the lives you are changing. God, online, at our Regal campus, at our Sugarland campus, it's so much bigger than we are, and we are grateful to be a part, such a small part, of what you are doing. In your name we pray, amen.